Hello guys and welcome back to Side Hugs. I'm Sophie, your host, and today I have an awesome guest. Her name is Bethany Baker. She's got so many good things to say. Without further ado, let's meet Bethany. Welcome back. So I have Bethany Baker with me. Um, Can you explain a little bit to the uh, listeners who you are? Yes. Hi, Sophie. Thanks for having me on the podcast. I'm excited to be here. So I am Bethany Baker, the executive director of AGAP, which is a technology-free weekend reprieve, where typically we go away for a weekend and we talk about implementing healthy technology habits to thrive both professionally and personally. Awesome. So I can go a little more into my background if you want me to. Yeah, but sure. <laughs> um, so basically, we, we started AGAP March of 2018. And so we just had like our two-year anniversary, and um, we're going on into our third year of AGAP. And it sort of was the brainchild of Mary Grace Sexton, who's the founder and CEO of Natalie's Orchid Island Juice Company. And as a CEO of a multi-million dollar company, she realized the negative effects of overuse of technology, especially um, an aspect of, you know, being distracted at work and people not working at the productivity level that they used to work at before they had the distractions. And then on a personal note, she recently became a grandmother. And so just seeing like how it affected her personally, where it feels like you're always on and bringing it home, how it could negatively affect the home environment. So with that being said, she was like, we need to do something about this because everybody's talking about it, but very few people are doing something about it. Um, and then that's when she hired me on to sort of execute her vision. And like I said, our first experience was April 2018, and we've had almost one a month in different states throughout the country, and we've been trying to partner with different organizations doing private AGAP experiences. We just did one in Kansas City and have one planned up in Maryland. So we're excited about the momentum that it's building and just hope that we can share the message with more people. (laughs) Yeah, that is so awesome. So you're talking about how AGAP is like a break or a gap from technology. So can you explain why it's important to kind of limit or remove technology from your life? Yes, definitely. It's interesting because the more that we, you know, learn about technology and getting immersed in this, all the books that I started reading about it, the more um, you start to see how much our phones and our addiction to technology affects every aspect of our lives. And the crazy part is that um, screen time has doubled in kids in the past four years. And kids are getting devices as young as six years old and 90% have their devices by middle school. And so it's just, and, and, and along with that becomes, you know, when, when you have your own device as a kid, the average age that kids are exposed to pornography is eight years old. And so there's just a lot of uncensored activity that goes on with kids having their own devices that I think like a lot of parents aren't aware of. And then also just like in, in the teens, how a lot of it with our generation or like, you know, Gen Z or millennials, how it's decreased empathy, because if you're bullying somebody online, you don't see their reaction, you know, you don't see their tears or them, you know, upset or whatever it may be. And, you know, everybody laughing and you just sort of, a lot of times, like 40% of people who go online are bullied. And a lot of times it's the people who are bullied end up bullying. And so 
it's just a lot easier to do that online rather than in person. And we're not developing the empathy that might hinder that in a way. Um, and then also there's like an increase in anxiety and depression and suicidal thoughts. And a lot of that is I could dive pretty deep. Um, but a lot of that is related to a lack of sleep because I remember as a kid, you know, I would keep my light on and I would be reading under, you know, the sheets and yeah. just reading a book. And, you know, it's so funny because, I couldn't imagine being a teenager having my phone where it was like an unrestricted sort of internet web website, you know, like, and, and that was the crazy thing is there was a study done, I think by Andy Crouch, his, his kids were in middle school and he had them all raise their hand. If they have Snapchat, all the hands went up This is middle school. And then he said, okay, close your eyes and raise your hand. If you feel like Snapchat is a part-time job. And every single hand went up because there's so much pressure now for kids to stay up to date and feel like they're, you know, keeping in touch with everybody. And I mean, even just maintaining their Snapchat streak. I mean, it feels like a part time job, you know, yeah. like you can't just go one day without your phone. And so it just increases this anxiety because people feel like they have to constantly keep up. And then a lot of times there can be unhealthy comparison with social media, which could lead to depression because you feel like, you know, or you see all your friends hanging out and you're not there. But if you didn't even have social media, you wouldn't know. <laughs> um, so it's crazy because actually being on social media, which seven out of 10 people say they would get rid of social media if it weren't for FOMO, like fear of missing out. Yeah. But a lot of times it's because of social media that we have FOMO because we're, you know, see what everybody else is doing, um, which I know now a lot of people aren't doing many things. <laughs> totally. Um, yeah. But yeah. Yeah. So does that help? Oh yeah, totally. Um, so we talked about why it's important and what, what can kind of come from taking away a little bit of technology from your life. How could you like implement this into your life? Like how could we apply it like day to day? What would that look like? Yeah, no, that's a great question. Honestly, I think the easiest way, which is like I talked about, even the people who argue that social media doesn't cause anxiety and depression, nobody can really argue with the fact that lack of sleep causes those things. And so I think honestly, the easiest way to do this is just to, to guard our sleep because what happens is um, basically whenever the blue light is emitted from our devices, it turns off the melatonin in our brain, which keeps us from falling asleep, which is why so many young adults even have to take, you know, melatonin at night or take sleep things to be able to fall asleep because a lot of times we're trying to fall asleep while on a device that is keeping us from falling asleep. Yes. Um, so yeah, it's called digital insomnia. But it's so important because without the seven and nine hours of sleep, the sleep allows these neurons to rest and engage our supportive brain cells. So basically, it's like the analogy, which I know it's not a great analogy, <laughs> but that our brain is like a sewer and it builds up during the day. And if we don't get that seven to nine hours of sleep, mm -hmm. then those toxins remain there. And so, you know, it's just so important. And, and now I just feel like kids are bragging about, you know, how little of sleep that they got. I mean, we have a couple friends who are 11 and 13 and, you know, she's just bragging about the four hours of sleep that she got and not going to bed until 3 a.m. And I was like, well, did you have your phone in bed with you? And she was like, yeah, I can't sleep without my phone. And it's just crazy because, you know, it's just at such a young age, there's such an addiction level that it's like, no wonder you can't sleep because you have the most addictive device invented 
with you in, in bed. Um, so really, I encourage people, keep the phone out of the bedroom if you can um, and just have a charging station like outside of your room um, and, and try to, you know, if you are in more of the young professional then, you know, just having limits around when you're answering emails. And for me, you know, just having that time from like, whether it be like 7 a.m. to 9 p.m. that I can be on my phone. And then when it's on the charging dock, it's sort of in the do not disturb mode. So that way, if somebody needs to call you, if there's an emergency, they can. But if not, then you're just able to be fully present, especially when you come home to your family and you know, things like that, not, not being totally distracted. So yeah, the first step is super easy. Um, I would encourage you to not look at your screens an hour before bed and an hour after you wake up because, you know, imagine you're just waking up and instead of having these original thoughts, you're just bombarded with all that social media is, you know, portraying right now, which honestly is a lot of negativity. Like I've had to go through and, and, and that, well, that's the second step, I guess. So yeah, the first step is just, you know, don't be on your screens an hour before bed, hour after bed, try to have a charging station outside of your room for your phone. Um, and then the second step I would say is create a social media account that is healthy for you. And you can do that through unfollowing or muting. You know, that's the beautiful thing about muting. Now you don't have to offend people by unfollowing them. Um, but you know, you can just mute those accounts that might be toxic. And that doesn't mean that you don't like that person. It just means that for your mental health and your mental well-being, you need to guard what goes in your mind because, you know, whatever comes into our mind is eventually like what's going to come out. And so a lot of times we're so careful about like what we consume and what we eat and all that stuff, um, which is the neck down. But the neck up is what's so important because that determines a lot of like our future and our thought process and how we think about ourselves. And, you know, I've just been reading the book um, what to say when you speak to yourself. And it's just so powerful that a lot of times we set ourselves up for failure because we tell ourselves that we're going to fail before we even try. So that's been huge for me just personally. Um, but do you want me to keep going, Sophie, or I can... Uh... Um, I do have, like, kind of a follow-up question. Yeah. That. Um, how do you think that that's different? I think it can be easy when maybe you're so go, go, go all the time because... Yeah, yeah. Um, you do have things that you have to focus on other than that. But yeah. in this kind of stage of life where we're in a quarantine and when we're mm -hmm. um, maybe uh, school or maybe online work, how do you think we could implement it into quarantine? Or what do you think, like, is that an excuse to, to go on your phone? Or what do you think about that? Yeah, no, I think that's a great question. And honestly, I've wrestled with the same question. Because, you know, as AGAP, we're still trying to reach people and we're still trying to help people. So it can feel ironic sometimes that we're using that through social media platforms. But honestly, I think that now is the time to guard it even more so. Because I noticed myself sort of getting to where my phone screen time was increasing hour after hour after hour after, you know, weeks of being quarantined. And just I noticed that my thought life was sort of diminishing where I just started being more negative and having more anxiety. And I, I definitely see a correlation to my amount of screen time, especially on social media and my amount of anxiety 
um, and stress. And honestly, like we're already in a pandemic. We don't need to add to that stress and that anxiety. But honestly, like I'm not going to tell people don't be on social media, especially when that's the only way that we can connect with people. And I've been connecting with people on social media. So honestly, I think it's setting up healthy boundaries Mm -hmm. where you say, okay, this two hours is going to be my social media sort of like where I can just talk to my friends and catch up. And I mean, just as a Christian, like it's been really cool for me because I've been able to reach out to people and just see if there's any way that I can be praying for them in this time, because I know a lot of friends who've been furloughed or who aren't working now. Um, and it, it's very scary for them. And so, you know, I don't think that you should just put the phone up and just isolate and keep to yourself, especially in a time when other people need you. But mm-hmm. I do think that you need to have boundaries in place so that you're just not on it all the time, because that will just drain you. It will just, you know, drain you so much because you feel the constant need to respond and see everything and watch everything. And, you know, everybody's posting more now anyways, because they're in quarantine. So it's just a lot more coming at you. And like I said earlier, creating a healthy social media feed that is life giving rather than life draining, you know, where you're intentionally following people who are life giving and not life draining. So, yeah, I I still think you that you should have maybe time boundaries, like if you're going to be on it for an hour or two hours and then just end it there. And also, I do think like not being on it late at night is really helpful for you to be able to get sleep, because I know sometimes I'll look at something right before I go to bed and then I can't sleep because I'm thinking about that thing Um, or right when I wake up and then it ruins the rest of my day. So, yeah, I definitely think just having you know, time boundaries, uh, being intentional about who you're connecting with and also make sure that you're speaking life because now it's so important that we are being life giving on our platforms rather than life draining. Um, So yeah, that's three simple ways. I would just say to create time boundaries, create a feed that is life giving rather than life draining and contribute to speaking life um, onto those social media platforms that you choose to use. And also what we always say, um, which I know might be harder now, but we always say just have one social media outlet because the more social media platforms you have, the more anxiety and stress it causes because you feel like you have to keep up with all of them. So, you know, maybe if you can't have just one, maybe just have two instead of having all of them, (laughs) Um, just because it feels like more to keep up with. So does that answer your question? Yes. Um, so with creating um, a gap and coming on to it, have you faced any like challenges or like pushback, I guess, from people who don't like it or like, have you experienced anything like that? Honestly, the people who don't like it don't come. So <laughs> that's sort of a relief for me. Uh, the hardest challenge that I've had is trying to cater to everyone mm-hmm. because we had like, you know, we were focused on young adults. So it was like 18 to thirties. And as long as, you know, people feel comfortable coming in, in their thirties, I'm like, you might be bumping with the 18 year old. And if they're okay with that, then we're okay with that. Um, but it was, it was interesting because I spoke at a mom's group. It was like, you know, mothers or preschoolers. And they said, do one for moms and we'll totally fill it. Oh no. They said they wanted a couple's one. And so I am sometimes err on the side of being a people pleaser. And so I was like, okay, we'll do a couples one. And we did it back in November. And it, it did struggle a little bit because 
you know, it's hard for couples to be able to get away and find a babysitter for their kids for the whole weekend. And especially if they are in an established career to be able to leave their phones for a whole weekend, a lot of people can't do that. Um, So that was something that I realized that, you know, I need to be careful to not because everybody has great ideas and everybody Mm -hmm. will be like, Oh, you should do this. You should do this. You should do this. And I would just feel overwhelmed with everything and feel like I need to do it all. But I think something that's really helped um, with Mary Grace Sexton, who's the founder and CEO, and then Natalie, who's the president of AGAP, is helping narrow it down. And that's what Natalie always says, that she says, you know, you need to focus and do what only you can do. Um, So that's been really important for me just to embrace, okay, what is our niche? And we're just going to go after it. Yeah, I like that. Yeah. Um, so my last thing for you today is what is one piece of advice that you could give today? Maybe something that you heard, um, whether it's about technology or not, or just one thing that you could tell people. I guess the one thing that I would tell people is to still be intentional about fostering authentic relationships. And even if they can't be in person, um, it was interesting. I actually had a friend come over who, who was a nurse and she came on, we sat on the front porch and she was six feet away and she had her mask on, um, you know, because she's very good at practicing the physical distancing. Um, or I've seen some moms who get in the back of a van and just sit in a parking lot and, you know, talk to each other, um, or doing FaceTime calls or doing zoom calls. Um, so I would really encourage people now to focus on fostering and being intentional in those relationships that maybe you didn't have time for in the past, but now you do have that time. So there's really no excuse. Um, so yeah, just using it to, I think the, the, the dangerous part about technology, um, especially like with headphones is that in the past technology can isolate us in public because we have our headphones in. So we're not, you know, really caring about other people around us, but then it distracts us in private because when we should have that time of silence and solitude, it keeps us away from that. So I guess that would be my other thing. The first one is be intentional about fostering authentic community, however you can. Um, and then the second thing would be embrace the silence and solitude. Like I have loved my Sundays because I just read and I tan and I just, you know, it's just like so much fun because normally we have so much planned out and so much we need to do. Um, but really just embracing that time of silence and solitude where you can do all those things that you wanted to do um, or read those books that you had on the back burner. Um, so really, I would encourage everybody, find something that you've said you've always wanted to do and haven't had the time for and just take advantage and do it now. Because honestly, if if you're not intentional about the time that you have now, it will just slip away and you know it, it will just seem like the same amount of time that you used to have. Because a lot of times... We, we schedule our things based off what we prioritize. So if we don't prioritize it, it won't, it won't get done. So yeah. does that help? Yes. And it, I mean, I think it's definitely easier now than um, that this whole quarantine thing is happening. And a mm. lot of people have a lot of time on their hands. Mm. Yeah. But there's really yeah, no I, excuse. <laughs> yeah. No, it's so true. And I mean, really quick, I just came upon this quote by Sherry Turkle. She's a psychologist um, who wrote Reclaiming Conversations. And she says the capacity for empathetic conversation goes hand in hand with the capacity for solitude. In solitude, we find ourselves and prepare ourselves to come into conversation 
with something to say that's authentic. And I think that's the biggest thing for me because whenever I start to feel overwhelmed and stressed, I just journal because it helps me like externally process it and be able to let it go so that I can move on rather than just holding it in my mind all day long. That's awesome. Yeah, Yeah, I like that. Okay, well, thank you for being on my podcast. I've loved getting to talk to you today. Um, I think you're really awesome in what you're doing for AGAP and what you're contributing to that community. I think it's really awesome to have something like that out there. Um, Thank you so much, Sophie. And I just wanted to throw in really quick, um, if anybody wants to, like, find our our website is agap.life. Um, and then our Instagram is Agap Life. And on there, we're trying to stay in touch with everybody. So we're doing like Zoom calls and webinars so that we can still try to speak life into people in this time. Yes, so. and I'll definitely put those <laughs> um, those links in the uh, speaker notes. Awesome. Great. Well, thank you so much for ha- having me, Sophie. I really appreciate of it. Of course. Well, thanks for talking on here. Okay, well, that was the end of the podcast. Thank you so much to Bethany for being on the podcast. I really appreciate it. Uh, I will definitely be putting all of her information in the show notes below. So if you have any questions about it, go down there. Bye, guys. See you on the next podcast.